Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 258. In this episode, we talk about HubSpot custom surveys and workflow email actions, plus much, much more goodies. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, and strategies for growing your sales, service, marketing, and operations results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Really good, Ian, and feeling refreshed. We actually took a week off last week to recharge. You had an international week of rest, Craig. (laughs) I did, and I'm feeling great. Very good. I have to say it is well-deserved. And listeners, I think if you're listening to this and you need a rest, do not be afraid to take a rest because I think you need to recharge Recharge yourself, recharge your soul, recharge your body, and it is all very good. So don't ever be afraid to say that you would like a week of rest. All right, so what's our growth through the week, Craig? Look, before we get onto that, I was just going to apologize to listeners. I keep mixing up company names. I've done this a lot over the years. I'll talk about Facebook, right? I'll say, oh, Facebook's rolling out something for their timeline. And then before you know it, I'm referring to them as HubSpot. I did this most recently, a couple of episodes ago. I was chatting about uh, Satya Nadella's book, Hit Refresh, which I was reading. He's the CEO of Microsoft, and I was talking about how he's embracing growth mindset. But by the time we got to the end of it, I was saying, oh, and so what he's achieved at HubSpot is blah, blah, blah. It's just like, listeners must have been like totally confused. Who's Satya Nadella, the new CEO of HubSpot? What's going on? (laughs) Anyway, apologies, listeners. I often mix up things. So if you hear me referring to that, be mindful sometimes I do it. But I think when it's overall in the context, you'll know what I'm talking about. Mentioning that, I think I remember that particular time that that happened and I didn't interrupt you. I let you keep going. But I oh, think you right. obviously said it a few times. <laughs> you spotted it. Yeah, I did. I was going on, oh, Sadie, blah, blah, see over HubSpot and what he's done at HubSpot and blah, blah. It's just because I've got the HubSpot virus. That's all I talk about, Ian. It's kind of like when uh, I was chatting with a client, it's like I was saying like, it doesn't matter what the question is, the answer is HubSpot, you know? It's kind of... Anyway, let's move along. Now, listeners, if you haven't subscribed to our show notes, please go and do that. Go to hubshots.com slash subscribe. Or if you get to hubshots.com, it's one of the first things you'll see is to get the show notes. Now, why I want to, you should, you should get the show notes. There's actually a link and there's lots of great content in the emails that you get every Friday when the episodes are released. But what we're going to talk about, or what Craig has put in the show notes this week, it was from a tweet, right, Craig? It was. And it's a good image. And it's hard to explain without giving away. You've got to see it, ideally, when you see it once rather than scrolling through an email, unfortunately. But it indicates or shows how cleverly we can place text and not only the placement on the page, but the contrast or the color it's in, the size, the alignment to guide where people's eyes go on the page. So it's quite good. And when I went through this little thing that it did, which I won't give away, I was like, wow, this is really clever. It's it's like it hacked my brain. But anyway, your mileage may be very. Get the show notes and you'll see it. All right, on to our quick shots of the week. And here are a few quick things of interest uh, that we've noticed in the past month because our last two episodes were totally different, Craig, and we'll probably get another one of those special episodes in in the next couple of weeks. So the first thing is Company Sync is now in Operations Hub. This is really good. I've been waiting for this for a while because contact syncing has been there, but K 
company sync, wasn't. So yeah, we can do all that on Operations Hub now. No need to go to Zapier or other third-party tools for that. And now if you are using themes in HubSpot for the content management, you can now have child themes. Yay. And why is that important, Craig? Uh, It makes theme updates much easier. So the theme author can release an update to the theme. It goes into your portal. But if you've made custom changes, they're just in the child theme. So they're not overwritten by any theme updates. Because as you know, to date, what you would normally do is you'd get to buy a theme from, say, the theme marketplace. You would clone it to use it uh, in your portal because you didn't want any theme updates to kind of wipe out your theme. Anyway, child themes sorts all that out. Look, it's it's not a new idea. WordPress has had it for, well, since forever. So it's good to see HubSpot catching up and adding it in now. That's right. And the next one we have is repeating tasks. And this is something that people often ask us about. And now that's available. And the other thing that I keep getting asked about quite often is, can I stick my tasks into Office 365 calendars? And this seems to be something that people that use Office ask me, but no one that uses Google asked me about. So it's a good thing to see and it's across both platforms and you can do that. And there is a link to help because you might want to actually create a separate calendar to put those tasks into so it doesn't interfere with your calendar that's connected to HubSpot because if you've got meetings attached and you've got all these tasks going into your calendar, you want to make sure that they're not necessarily taking up space where people can book meetings. So it tells you how to do that. The final one, Craig, is a simple branch for workflow actions, that's what it used to be called, and now is called a value equals branch. Yeah, they've just renamed that action in a workflow. Which is interesting. I wonder whether people are getting confused and support have gone, you need to rename this. I was wondering as well. I thought Simple Branch was a great name. That's right. Made totally sense. Obviously, not to us. Mm. All right. What's our marketing feature of the week, Craig? Just a quick one. And this is more for long-time HubSpot users. So... It's to do with the unsubscribe link in email footers. And I don't know if you had this, uh, Ian, but I I thought you had to use the word unsubscribe in your email footers. And I'm pretty sure that's the way it used to be. In fact, I, I, I'm pretty sure when you'd create an email go through in the review site part, it would say, oh, it does not include the word unsubscribe. That was frustrating because we just wanted to have the manage subscription link and which, of course, you can unsubscribe from. But it didn't used to. What... Uh, I noticed, well, actually a couple of months ago now I noticed, but I'm just mentioning it in the show today, that in the drag and drop builder, you can edit the footer and you can choose. You can have an unsubscribe or you can have a manage preferences or you can have both if you want. So you no longer have to have an unsubscribe. So if you're newer to HubSpot, you're probably like, oh yeah, it's been like that in the drag and drop builder for the last year or so. That's fine. But if you're much, maybe you've been using it a lot longer, you might not have been aware of this and say, look, this is just something to be aware of. We get asked this a lot because people don't like to include the word unsubscribe for some reason in their emails. I love it because I kind of feel like, in fact, we try and make unsubscribe really big and prominent because if you don't want the emails, I don't want you marking it as spam. I just want you unsubscribing as quickly and effortlessly as possible. But anyway, people have different views on that and this gives you that flexibility. All right. Now, our sales feature of the week, Craig, and this is thanks to one of our listeners, right? Yeah. Shout out to Clint. You know who you are. I don't know if we, I I normally ask people's permission if I'm going to mention them on the show, but Clint, you probably would have been fine. Uh, We'll give you a link uh, next time. But yeah, thanks for reminding me of this. And this is about filtering notifications. He actually emailed us and said, oh, look, is there a bit of a gotcha in terms of mentions 
So it was actually related to something else, but it alerted me to this. Yeah, you can filter your notifications. We've got a few screenshots. So by the way, notifications, this is in-app notifications I'm talking about. So the little bell up the top right of your portal next to your uh, profile picture. And we were playing with this earlier, weren't we, Ian? And finding, well, kinds of all kinds of variations. That's right. So listeners, this is the bell as Craig mentions in the top right. And when we were testing, we discovered we were seeing different things. And because I didn't see the mention because no one had ever mentioned me in our portal. And as I switched to other portals that we are in, I discovered that it was there. But these notifications are dependent on what is in your portal, which is so good because it just means you don't have a myriad of notification boxes that you've got to check and uncheck, but you just get the ones that you're actually using currently, mm. which is fantastic. Yeah. So I, I don't know if people use that filter on the notifications box. We've got screenshots there. You can filter it and yeah, really handy and tailored to your usage and portal uh, features. Craig, I have never used that filter. All right. So if you wanted to see just all the mention notifications, there you go. You can just choose that. So, yeah. It is a really good feature. All right. On to our HubSpot service feature of the week. So this week, we're going to talk about custom surveys, which we can now do in HubSpot. And listeners, you need to have HubSpot service professional to do this. Look, this is really nice. By the way, shout out to Elliot uh, for sending us a note about this because I think he knew we were hanging out for this. I think it's reasonably new. It's only the last couple of days. Correct. And I've been testing it out for the last couple of weeks, I think. All right. Okay. So it's quite nice. By the way, listeners, we're actually going to send out a custom server. When are we sending that? Next week, I think, Ian? We'll send it after this show is live, Craig. Yeah. So you'll get a custom survey from us asking you some simple questions. And you've got a few screenshots of actually as we're building it. That's right. And I think I might create, I created one survey while we were preparing the show, but I might create another one where people can share because the one we're going to send is via an email. And these are two delivery methods, listeners. You can deliver via email to contacts and customers, or you can share it as a standalone page through a link. So those are the two options. So it was, you know what, the experience of creating the survey was actually relatively easy, which was really nice, a really well thought out way to create the survey, including creating the feedback properties because they are not necessarily there unless you've done it before and you're reusing it. So even the the way you created properties was really well done and a very guided experience. One of the things we wanted to highlight, you've probably seen the circles from zero to 10 that you would generally choose. You get the option in that to choose circles or stars. And you could also choose the kind of icon. So you could have the icon, but if you have the circle, you get to choose what's the lowest value, what's the highest value, and how many of those you have, and what the labels are. So I thought that was really good. And you can reverse the scale as well. Probably makes no sense if you're listening to this, but if you can look at the show notes, it has some it has a good example there. And in our survey that we will send you, it has one of those. So have a look at it when you get it. Yeah. So look, a few comments on this. It, it is simplistic, but that's pros and cons. Very easy to set up and create. However, a few things, and we're still going to play with this, you know, over the coming weeks. I haven't spent as much time as you have, Ian, but I kind of felt I wanted to create a survey and then just call it from a workflow. So as part of a workflow sequence, do this, do that, and then send a survey. 
Whereas I don't think you can. It's it's like you create this survey. It's almost like it's a campaign email. You then create the recipients and send it to. So you can't send it to an active list, for example. Correct. And you can send it to a static list. You can set a static list, but once you choose that, it essentially creates a copy of the static list so that if your static list changes before you actually send it, they don't get the changes. So I found that a little bit at odds with the normal HubSpot interface. So I kind of feel it's not fully there yet. This is the start of it. But yeah, why can't you send it as part of a workflow? By the way, an email survey type I'm talking about, not the shareable link type. But yeah, why couldn't you, it's, why isn't it just kind of a type of email? You've got automation emails, got campaign emails, got RSS emails. Why don't you have survey emails? I couldn't quite. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. We'll play with it further. But that, that was just my comment around that final sending part. That's right. And maybe it was where we were trying to do something by trying to choose an active list to send it to, which is all our listeners, and we couldn't find it. So it has a contact criteria, ticket criteria, I think, and a, and a few others as well, but not what we were after. And look, we, we have an active list based on contact criteria, which could be, you know, you've subscribed to, sh- <laughs> to the show notes. So we can then use that criteria here in the survey. But Again, I just yeah, I just felt like an active list should work and a workflow. Anyway, I'm sure there's a good reason. We'll find out more. And now on to our HubSpot workflow action of the week. Speaking of email actions, so I thought I'd break down uh, this episode, the different email actions available within a workflow. And so there's three main ones. There's actually a fourth. There's a bonus fourth one that we'll come to. But there are three main ones. And I've got a screenshot here. You can send internal email notifications, they're plain text internal email. You can send internal marketing emails and then you can send external marketing emails. And the beauty of the marketing email, the reason it's called marketing email, which is kind of a bit of a misnomer really, but it's just indicating that you're using the drag and drop builder. You're using the full rich email building experience So if you've used, uh, as you would have, the email builder, you can create campaign emails or automation emails. Essentially, you create an automation email. You can either use it as an internal marketing email or an external marketing email. I feel that the send internal marketing email, I should call it send internal automation email. I think that would be a better label for it. And then the send internal email notification they should call that send internal plain text notification or something because you're the that one the simple one you're building within the workflow itself whereas the marketing emails you're building in the email builder which means you've got to have marketing professional or hire to make that work now if you're using marketing starter or free that's not going to be an option for you right but you wouldn't have workflows anyway if you had marketing starter so no, if you had sales professional and Oh, that's you, true. Uh, if you had sales professional, you were yeah, able yeah, to you could have a Okay. That's a good point. That's getting so complex these days, isn't it, Ian? All the different SKUs. But what we wanted to highlight really was the whole workflow and the ability for you to do use these different email types mm. and to execute them in a workflow. And I guess the fourth final or the bonus type of email that you can send is sequence emails. So sequences are basically sales automated one-to-one emails, you can actually trigger a sequence from a workflow, which will then have a sequence that uses plain text emails. Craig, you know what? I think that's new. Enroll in a sequence? Yes. Uh, you're probably right, because, actually. I think it Because is a, a sequence had to be 
enrolled manually. And I remember somebody asking me a while back, is that how come you can't automatically enroll people in a sequence? Oh, it might be new because, oh, and you know what? I think it's it might be, I think it came in with Service Hub. Service Hub actually added, oh, just I can't quite remember, but I think it came in with Service Hub was allowed you to trigger sequences. That might yeah, have right. been how it came in. But yeah, I'm okay. not quite clear on that. Yep. That's cool. Now I'm going to go try something <laughs> Try something out. Yeah. All right. So, listeners, there are some ways to use the workflow actions to send emails. All right. The HubSpot wish list item of the week, Craig. And this is one that we often come across. And these are the date range filters to include today. So, listeners, if you're thinking about what this is, most commonly people would see these on dashboards and they're filtering by dates, right? Now, the ones in HubSpot are pretty good, except for the one that does not include today. And so you constantly have to be flicking backwards and forwards to figure out because you can only run one for today and you can run one for the previous seven days that doesn't include today. And it's pretty clear about that. Yeah, we chatted about this 10 episodes ago in episode 247, our kind of lamentation that we couldn't include today's results in date ranges. So yeah, there's our wish list. And then we've got a screenshot from Google Ads, how they have it. I think they've got a really nice interface. What's interesting though, Ian, that's for Google Ads. They don't have yes. the similar option in Google Analytics. Correct. You're right. <laughs> so even Google, they've only got it in some of their products, not others. All right. On to our marketing term of the week. And we're going to call this the self-liquidating offers. Yeah, this is a new shot. We thought we'd, um, because we sometimes come across these definitions or terms that listeners might, be, might not be aware of. So we've got a new shot called Marketing Term of the Week. Yeah, self-liquidating offers or SLOs. What, what are self-liquidating offers, Ian? Craig, this is where you run a campaign that returns a result, usually revenue, that pays for the cost of the campaign. And that's why it's self-liquidating. So the whole idea is that if you're paying for something, or if you're paying to get that person through, you sell them something that basically negates the price that costs you to get fulfill it, right? Yeah. So, look. so a really good one, that, which most people would have probably come across in their life online, is that you go to buy some, uh, you go to get an ebook or you buy a book, and you think it's seven dollars, and then uh, when you click next, you get the next thing. Hey, do you want to upgrade this to? We'll ship the book to you as well for another nineteen ninety five. So they've just liquidated their whole marketing offer by doing that. I think that's right. In B two C, it's easier to understand, right? Because you're as a consumer, just oh yeah, I'll buy this first thing. It's and the self liquidating offer normally implies an upsell process afterwards. So if you're only selling a single thing, then you're more looking at return on investment. So it's like oh, you probably want more than just a one to one. Whereas a self liquidating offer is kind of a one to one you get back what you pay. So it covers your costs. Therefore, you can keep pumping it out, but it relies on an upsell process. So you're building your list and then you can market to it separately. B2B though, it's a little bit harder, but some of the examples would be things like events. So you spend to have people join an event because you know, based on prior campaigns on that event, that it will normally turn one event attendee into a customer. So you run a webinar and you're going to get a customer. So you know that that customer pays for the entire campaign. So that's liquidated. That that offer has covered itself. And then you've still got all these other people who have joined, say, the event, the webinar or whatever, that you can then sell to later as well. You might have an upsell process for 
the first customer also, that's a bonus, but it's normally about paying for getting that list in place that you can sell to. So self-liquidating offers, there you go, listeners. You can drop that into some uh, conversation this week. Try and sound smart, yeah. And listeners, why we came up with this, Craig and myself both attended a live training last week, in a week off, and we, when we registered, we were... We had to obviously pay for the, for, the, for this event, a nominal price. But what the offer after that first step was, would you like to have some of my training as the next step? We can add that on for a nominal price. And so that's where we came up with the, oh, there's a self-liquidating offer because he ended up selling us some training that you could go through post buying the ticket to the event. Yeah. And, and, you know, I really like this idea. I think it's, well, it's, it's scalable. It's the opposite of the uh, loss leader idea, which is, you know, we, we make a loss up front, but we make it later. That's the opposite of a self-liquidating offer. So, and yeah, who likes loss leaders these days? Not, 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 (laughs) anyway. That's a, that's a separate conversation. Anyway, marketing term of the week. If you've got a marketing term, uh, reply to our email, send us a note, tell us your, oh, it'd be great to get some buzzword marketing terms in as well so we can well, start we have our buzzword own bingo, buzzword don't bingo we? card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try and get self-liquidating offer in this week though, folks. All right, on to our Inside of the Week listeners and this is Categories Make a Brands. And listeners, if you have to, you have to get the show notes to look at the image because when I looked at this, I had to have a good chuckle to myself. It is good and unfortunately it slightly distracts from the point of the article, which is a really thought-provoking article by Category Pirates, which is a Substack newsletter. This is uh, essential reading if you're in a category-based marketing role. What they cover is this concept of the cult of brands which tends to trap many marketers into thinking, oh, we've got to build the brand, brand awareness. It's got, because that's how we get success. This article flips its on its head and it actually says, no, actually categories build brands. So define a category, ideally something that's different from other categories, but you define a category and then that, that actually grows the success of your brand. Now, the example that they gave, well, actually many examples, but the one that really resonated with me was the Ralph Lauren brand because all i've i've ever known ralph loren is is that kind of polo shirt that's got the horse on it correct someone playing polo right so what i didn't realize is that ralph loren when he started he didn't have this brand that you know ensured success he actually changed the category he you know what the original product was wider ties so men's ties you know you're wearing a shirt and tie yeah, because the style at the time was very slim ties. He was the first one that came out with wide ties. Right. So they're like, a, yeah, a wider tie, which we all take for granted these days, right? So he came out. So he created a new category and he put his logo on it. So the brand was there. So that category was a new category. And then because people had these wider ties, they actually needed different shirts that had different colors. So he started creating those shirts and created yet another category of shirt, right? So, yeah, it's a shirt, which is a broad category, but he then created a special type of shirt. So instead of being, oh, just oh, yeah, my tie is the same as your tie, except some minor change, he actually changed the whole category and with shirts the same. So then, because it became so successful, the brand followed. And this is the whole point of the article. I know that was a bit of a long-winded example, but I thought, I thought it was really interesting. 
wasn't Ralph Lauren went into the market and then success followed the brand. It was he created a category and then the brand benefited from that. So it's flipped us on its on its head. And then he explains, well, look at some of the evidence because Google, massive brand, they actually went into a category thinking they could dominate it. Google Plus, remember that, Ian? <laughs> Google Plus, massive failure. So brand didn't ensure success there. They give other examples in the article. Rather, the category search they went into, they were really good at it, created the new category of search, and then Google, the brand, followed. So I think that's really interesting. Why would marketers be interested in all of this? Well, here's the point. Do you fall into the trap of thinking, look, we've got to do all this brand awareness piece and pushing it out there? And of course, for many companies, you do have to do brand work. So I'm not saying, oh, you know, stop that. It's, it's useless. But are you trying to create success for, you, for you, this company or your company or your client just by pushing brand when instead you should be pushing differentiation? And so they finish the article with this concept of force a choice, don't invite a comparison. So if your branding piece is just out there, all about us, me, 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 here's our brand. We're like, we're like all those other brands, except, you know, we, we think we're special or we're, we're bigger or louder. No, that's not going to work. Differentiate. We're not like other brands. Here's how we're different. So it's a really long article. I haven't done it justice by these, you know, few sentences, but really worth reading, especially if you're working in that and doing campaigns around brand. All right. On to our throwback of the week, Craig. And believe it or not, a year ago, HubSpot was improving the experience of adding tasks via the mobile app. And listeners, if you haven't looked at the mobile app, I'd encourage you to do so because it keeps changing just like the system online and you get so much more out of it. So I would encourage you to have a look. But I can't believe it was only a year ago, Craig, that this was happening. Goes to show progress. All right. Resource of the week, Craig. Keeping update with SEO as a marketer. You know, it's so hard. It, as a marketer, you're, there's so many things you're in charge of. So you might have been on top of all the SEO changes years ago, but now you've just lost touch. You just don't have time. Really nice thread from Will Critchlow on Twitter. That's where I, it's the only social I'm on these days, where he's broken down some of the just keeping you up to date. So for example, JavaScript. If you've got a site that's got a lot of JavaScript, a few years ago, you probably recall, oh, Google couldn't crawl JavaScript. Maybe you still think that, no, much better now, so less problems there. Other things like content in tabs and accordions, they're actually problematic. So in cases, you might want to um, pull them out. And then there's a final one around freshness, isn't there, Ian? That's right, because it's got to do with seasonality and months in titles. Yes. Yeah. We're seeing that more and more often. Now, Craig, you know what's interesting that you just mentioned? Content in tabs and accordions working against you. I still see lots of people talking about doing this. Yeah, and especially with mobile, because a lot of sites on desktop view, they might have all the content shown, but on a mobile view, they push it into accordions or tabs. That could be working against you. Depends on the content, of course. So if you've got important content, it might be worth bringing that out so it's visible even on mobile. Of course, if it's just other you know, peripheral information then and it, hiding it away, um, unless specifically requested, then that's fine. But yeah, just be aware of that. It's kind of counted as unseen. The content is not really seen if it's hidden away in a tab. There's the tip of the week right there. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that'll probably change. That's right. So a year from now, Google will be much better at actually seeing that content and realizing whether it's actually worth it or not. So this is all change, but yeah, it's hard to keep up. That thread will help you. All right. And finally, onto our quote of the week, Craig. 
Our mind is a garden. Our thoughts are the seeds. You can grow flowers or you can grow weeds. And that was by Rita? It was by Ritu. Let's leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, she's quite famous for having uh, good quotes, but not a lot's known about it. That's right. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't checked out our previous episodes about the new HubSpot suites, CRM suites, or even the new CMS starter, go back and have a listen to that. And you can also listen to that on YouTube where we do a little rundown of those products live on YouTube. Well, listeners, until next time. And Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips and marketing resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot.